This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> Hello, Adam. This is the calm episode. Oh, okay. I have created my meditation area. Oh, I see. You're following up. I am. Okay. I like this idea. I'll go with this. Hey, why are you yelling at me? Okay. But how does this all add up to an emergency? <laughs> That's exactly right. The dude gives Walter a big load of shit because he didn't renounce his Judaism when he got divorced. But I kind of feel like Walter is right here. He did convert. He gets divorced, he's supposed to give it up. And this is not exactly what I'm talking about, but it is a nice, like, corollary. Yeah. Hi, Brad. Hi, Adam. This is nice. For once, we're calm. Is this somehow... Well, okay. Well, let me go back. So do we have any revisits? I'm... I'm Honestly, I'm not sure. Let me check. Uh, revisits. Oh. Well, there's one revisit. So, as you may or may not know, my mother listens to this podcast, and she thought that we were a little too calm in the last too, episode. Too calm. Okay. Too, too calm. So I thought maybe, okay, that's funny because I, I read the note here and I thought, because it said that, you know, your mom didn't like the previous episode and I was thinking. Hated it. Perhaps instead of being too calm, maybe we were too boisterous. No, we So were. now you are being extra calm to kind of overcompensate to kind of like sarcastically. I'm, well, not dick. sarcastically, I'm really trying to make it something that my mother will like. Will like? Well, hopefully. I mean, I have no idea of what, I mean, I can't, like, sit here and say what somebody's going to like or not like. Well, but she wants us to be more rambunctious, though, I thought you are saying. Well, there's things that people say, Brad, and there's things that people want. Right, two different things. Two Very true. Different things, and you never know. You know it all where too well. the twain will meet or separate. So, just trying to be careful here. I mean, you know as well as I do that we pander to our fans, all twelve of them. Hey, fuck you, mom. <laughs> all right, let's go. What do we got? All right. I don't know. That was our revisits. That was you know, the only revisit we had. And it's it's kind of late. <laughs> I don't know. Should we just like okay, let's play the minute. Let's get into Lebowski. Let's We do, are let's totally talk into like like actually playing the minute and talking Lebowski. Let's do it right let's now. Let's do it. We're actually going to do it this time. Go. Bam. Okay, but how does all this add up to an emergency? Huh? I'm saying I see what you're getting at, dude. He kept the money. My point is <clears throat> Here we are. It's Shabbos, Shabbos, the Sabbath, which I'm allowed to break only if it's a matter of life or death. Will you come off it, Walter. You're not even fucking Jewish, man. 
the fuck are you talking Man, about? You're fucking Polish Catholic. What the fuck are you talking about? I converted when I married Cynthia. Yeah, Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, know this. Yeah, and five fucking years ago, you were divorced. So what do you say? When you get divorced, you turn in your library card, you get a new license, you stop being Jewish? Uh, this is the drama. Jewish fucking tub, you. Man, you know, it's, it's all a part of your sick Cynthia thing. Man, taking care of her fucking dog, going to her fucking synagogue. You're living in the fucking past. 3,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. I'm... Jesus. I feel like this is another one of those minutes that ends so conveniently. A lot of convenient minutes. They're, they're arguing. Walter goes, Jesus. And then a perfect cliffhanger ending. We're not going to know what he's like reacting to or what happened. And there was that sudden tonal shift from the yelling. Again, it's the Walter uh, swing personality. There's definitely a tonal shift. Do you think that we don't see the car in this minute? Oh, geez. I don't know. You're going to make me like. I think we again, see this is an car. audio exploration of the Big Lebowski. This is not a visual. Well, not always. <laughs> I mean, depends. I realize that we're. Uh, Analyzing, yes, the visuals and the audio. Listen, we uh, examine all of the shits. We do. But Plural just going shits. on the minute, we only get to hear the audio in our headsets. So I have to go back and check. And you're right. We do see the car this minute. So fine. Forget it. Wait, wait, wait. Here, rewind for a second. Are you saying that when you go back, like every time I say, like, look at this, you're just listening to the audio? Or are you talking about... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to the audio. That's all I have. Oh my god! So you just have like I an MP3? After we were done doing you had all the an minutes, MP3 of this go, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I thought we, after we were done, we'd go back and then discuss the video components. Do another 118 minutes because this is the podcast. Then we do like the YouTube show or something where we actually talk about the video. So every time you were like, "Here, let me cue it up," you were just kind of like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Uh, yeah, I was mainly just going by memory. Except for those audio notes. Well... Which uh, there is an audio note. I actually have an audio note. It was rare that Brad has an audio note. Do you know what the... Here, let's hold off on that. Do you know okay. what the adorable thing about old people is? You being the old person <laughs> in this relationship? Sure, sure. It was Although, that. Although <laughs> they're slow and dangerous behind the wheel... Like, they can still serve a purpose. Why don't you pimp the fucking shit and get us one more review on iTunes that doesn't say bullshit? Yes. I still haven't found the bullshit review, but, like, here, if you could, like, do that, that would be... You would actually, like, pull your weight, maybe. All right. And that'd be so a lot. here it goes. Because you're a tall man. And, and that comes across. It's a good. It's good for pimping. The tallness, without a doubt. Fuck yes. So, friends, listen. Go to gutterballs.tv. That's the website for this podcast. That's where you can find show notes. Subscribe so you, you can always uh, you know, get notified and, and listen to the latest episodes. They can automatically download to your iPhone, Android, Windows phone, iPod, whatever you have, what have you. Uh, find the links there. To our Twitter, our Tumblr, our Facebook page. Follow us on your favorite social media, if that's your thing. 
Do you know what's um, funny about Facebook is like if you just are a Facebook person, we post them there and you can just listen to them directly in Facebook. Oh, there's a Gutterballs update. Boop, click on it, it will play the episode. Here's the next like hour and forty minutes of my life. Lots of ways to keep in touch. As well, if you want to help us out, go to iTunes. We have a link to our podcast in iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. You can give us stars. One star. Give all the way up to five stars. I hope that everybody gives us one stars. I don't hope that. One star? One star. One tar, maybe. Oh, tar. One tar. Let's, Let's transpose the S. One tars. Two tars. Two, two. Three two tars, tars. Four tars. <laughs> See, we could blow the whole podcast <laughs> industry up by having a tars rating scale. A tars? How Imagine awesome like is this compared to a tars? Little hollow tars outlines. Mm. And then you click the one and it lights. Okay, that's the three tars. Let me ask you something. Where is this on our TARS rating scale? What podcast would ever even get, like, one full TARS besides the movie? Like... No, we talk about TARS enough that I think we might earn a couple. That's the Mm. scale. The scale is for how much they talk about TARS, not for how good it is. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in there is, like, like two and a half or three podcast, and then us Five is the most? Yes. We would get two. We get yeah, two. I think so. We can easily get two. We could easily get two. All right. Um, here, I'm going to add a new section. So check it out. Gutterballs.tv. Go to iTunes. Give us a review. Follow us on social media. Subscribe. All that good stuff. I'm putting it in the pimp the shit section. Do it. Talk there's more also, about TARS. There's also a, uh, a contact form on there, too, if you want to send us a note. Something, uh, any feedback, good or bad, you want to give us something you wish we talked about, something we got horribly wrong, let us know. We love to hear from you. Every Brad. time we get a note from a listener, it <laughs> is like a little mini explosion in our hearts of joy. Can I tell you something? We, like, we try to play it cool when we talk about listener feedback on this show, as if there's a little Pied Piper guy, like with his stick, with his burlap sack of letters that he dumps. But literally every time we get any kind of listener feedback, we talk about it. We acknowledge it, and we talk about it. Yes. We always respond. <laughs> Which I know yes, that's... Yes, we will the, definitely we, respond. We probably should not say that. We should probably make it seem like it's a lot bigger than it is, but we always respond and talk about it. I'm just not sure how you should go on that. Should you make it seem like it's bigger than it is? No, or it's just, you know, be true. Be, be be truthful. It's okay to, you know, just, just be truthful. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, I think people respond to, to that, that kind of sincerity. And, you know, it's okay to, you know, be vulnerable. Open yourself up to that. You don't have to be like, oh, we have the best podcast ever. It's like... Yeah, no, we don't. Is... We have a sh- pretty shitty. Even my mom doesn't like it now. <laughs> <laughs> we've lost. We've lost one quarter tars. It's okay though because I like doing it with you. And if we want to be vulnerable, are you talking about vulnerability? 
That's what I was talking about, yeah. What happened three days ago? I did not record this. My wife recorded this. You sent me two things. If you're talking about vulnerability, I will post this. I will fucking post this. It was a very vulnerable moment because (laughs) it it was like, I did not expect like there to be recording. I didn't expect it to like affect me this much, but I will post it. If you insist. Um, I'm not really going to insist, but if you really want to post it, sure. You go ahead. You can do it. Would you like it if I posted it? Oh, I would love it. (laughs) Okay. I will do it. I will fucking do it. I think that there's a way to post it, like to tell a story in a different medium, you know, with the the initial contact. This and then the I don't want to. Yeah, there's probably a way to put it together. You put this together. This could be a nice little gutter balls video extra, right on YouTube. And you could tell the story, like show like little text bubbles popping up on the phone, and somehow put it together. Right. Oh, there's a. I've already thought about it. So if you go to gutterballs.tv, then you go to the YouTube link. Wait, wait, I'm here there. All episodes, subscribe via RSS, subscribe via iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, contact. Wait, wasn't this in like 2013 that we said we were going to have a YouTube link here? We talked about having a YouTube link, but... uh... Wait, you really don't have a YouTube link on gutterballs.tv? No. What have you been doing this whole time? Well, I just felt... uh, Not that there's anything wrong with what you've been doing or not doing, but like, what the fuck, man? I feel like... Like 2013 called, where's the YouTube link? Does it still... What is it? It's one more button. Does it still (laughs) exist? Fuck. It exists. There's two videos on there. But I feel like, oh, here's how you get to it. Okay. That's one video per year. I know. No, it's not there, dude. Not where? Like, I go to... I can't find it, is all I know. Dude. What do you mean you can't find it? It's like they closed down our account or something. Stop it. Shit, this is a horrible thing to discover YouTube.com. Search, what, fucking gutter cast. Oh, Jesus. Don't search Guttercast. Don't anybody do that. <laughs> Gutter balls. Stop. Gutter balls. Gutter balls. No, this is the worst. All right. We're, got, we're back no, to this the... Uh, nobody listened to anything we did. Well, we're back to the whole uh, yeah, uh, Google and stuff the, on air. Okay. Um, But you were supposed to have a little yellow button on there like two you, years ago. No, you said that. I didn't necessarily agree with that. How... What? Especially considering we only have two videos both posted in the same We only year. have two videos because nobody goes and looks at them because we don't even have a link. Like, there's no way to, for anybody to find them. I When there's a new video, I put it on the Tumblr and we put it on the social media. That's our, we, we have, like, 600 followers on Tumblr, man. If we give it a video now, we'd get some views. I bet we could get. Let me ask you a question. Fifty to eighty views like that. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you post something on Tumblr, mm-hmm. how many like you put a little freeze frame on there? Yes. And then there's a caption underneath it. Right. 
Both of which are Lebowski related. Yes, it's the same. Just like on the website, there's a still right. frame to go with every episode, and then the title, which is Pretty a much phrase from that minute. Anybody who comes to gutterballs.tv is like there because of our podcast. But eh, well, maybe everybody that comes to your Tumblr page, our Tumblr page, we'll put it that way, is well, possibly interested in that. But oh, they're there because they're interested in Lebowski. Right. No, you come up in their feed because, like, we're interested in Twin Peaks. We're interested in David Lynch. We're interested in David Fincher. You know, all the Davids. There's a lot of, like, interconnections. The brain makes connections. It goes this way. It goes that way. So there, it's possible that people who aren't really that into Lebowski see a tag. Or, like, they get there down some rabbit hole because you put, you know, shoulder of Orion, even though I know you don't know what that means, and they get there some random way. It's like, holy shit, yeah, bam, I like that. And then that shows up good, in their feeds. Well, that's a good over theory. And over. Listen, I am looking Except at. Except I the, never do that. You do put. The tags, tags on are there. all Lebowski related. Uh, you know. White Russian is not necessarily Lebowski related. That's you know? true. There are random little things and people can get there. There could be other reasons. Other ways. Yes. Like some things are a little more broad than like Lebowski. So yes, right. White Russian. Right. Cohen brothers. Right. Right. I don't but, know. I don't know what's what my your point. point? Is. What, what's <laughs> the fucking point? <laughs> right. What's a point really? I won't say a point. Because what's a point? No, it's just that... Ah, fuck it, dude. So what do we have in this minute? Let's go bowling. We have a lot of talk about um, Walters. Hey, can you be calm? Judaism. I I just am what I am. Like, that's the thing. What a fucking asshole? At least I'm not wrong. (laughs) So we have, so yes, this is mainly around Walter's uh, observation of Jewish customs and identifying with the Jewish culture. That's the, that's the main thrust of this minute, really. I mean. And the dude being rather incredulous. That is the main thing as far as the characters are concerned. But there's also the visuals. There's the audio. Mm-hmm. There's the camera movement, because how does fucking camera relate to fucking story? There's a well, lot more going the things, on. Lots of things are happening to tell the story, but this is the ultimate story of the dude and Walter's relationship. And ultimately, this is a heavy Walter character moment, because while he is clear well, on this to Judaism, I think, you know, uh, well, the dude kind of has it right. This is his hang up over his ex-wife that he has. And it's kind of sad in a way that he can't really get over her. And he still is watching her dog and observing these customs and everything else. Well, I agree with you 100%. Well, like 98%. But there's also the fact that, like, if the dude really really cared about Walter, like, wouldn't he respect his decision to continue being a Jew and like not just renounce Judaism because he got divorced. But well, he, he doesn't give a shit. 
Right. Well, I think that's because he sees Walter, you know, he sees this as a travesty. He doesn't really see this as rightly or wrongly. He does well, not he see this sees as a it. That's what you're he, saying. He sees it. Yes, he does. Well, but I mean, again, I think as a friend, right, he would tell Walter to get over Cynthia. Unvarnished truth, Brad. Off, Unvarnished right? truth. Yes. Oh, see. That was the later episodes that are kind of iffy. John Justice Wheeler. Like, does he really even count as a character in Twin Peaks? Yes, but he I fucking does. He fucking does. But that wasn't even what I was talking about. I was talking about you saying, hold your eyes open like Malcolm McDowell in A Clockwork Orange and watch the porn so you can have unvarnished truth. And then that's like just smashes into your face. To influence Lars von Trier to make Antichrist. Okay. That's really what that means to me. It's like torture. Why would you want that unvarnished truth? It's torture, man. I'm sorry, I'm still not over it. I just can't get over it. Over Antichrist? Correct. Okay. I don't like that. I don't understand. What truth is level. it? What well, I don't truth? know that it is. I'm just Explain trying to it. reconstruct your argument in a way no, that I can said, understand No, it. you told me, like, it's unvarnished truth. Get used to it. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't fucking know. You don't even remember saying that, well, do I you? Well, I think there is some truth about it, about the fact that... Um, there's some truth, yes. There's some <laughs> truth. Like, people don't always get along, but, like... Well, no, it's about Don't take fact- it 17 levels past that. The fact that if there's any kind of, okay, here's what we'll go back to the cracking. spirituality, right? What spirituality? Like, what do you like, mean? Like, you know, um, if there is any type of uh, creation mythology we're going to subscribe to or creator or anything like that, then, you know, we have this idea that, you know, you have to consider the fact that the earth was actually created as a hellish prison to torment all of us. We like to say, oh, nature, it's so nice, it's wonderful, but really, it's fucking horrible. And that's what, that was a lot of what was in Antichrist, I feel like. That's the first best thing you ever said. Okay, I can get behind that. All right. And again, Antichrist, right? This Again, the you know Christian type of uh, ideas. Well, don't you think that Christ is like that. the worst thing? Like, isn't Christ anti-nature just by the very definition of Christ? He doesn't come from the Earth. He's an alien. He's fucking extraterrestrial. Like Kal-El. Oh, boy. I guess like Kal-El, sure. Technically. Kal-El is a total Jesus stand-in. No, he's yeah, a God again, stand-in. The Superman is a Jesus stand-in. The creators full of were, shit, man? Come on. were Jewish, though. What creators? Of Superman. Because they wanted the... What? The planet they refused to... What? I don't even get that. I was trying to do something. I don't get it. What does that mean? All You're talking about all the people who didn't want to leave the planet? No, I'm talking about the creators of the character. I'm not oh. saying Krypton was inhabited oh. by Jews. Yeah, because that Although was Although that would confusing. be really interesting. Again, the parallels, right? Making super because again, ultimately Superman would be a, a Jew. But listen, then, let's not piss off the Jews, man. I'm Jewish. Don't piss me off. 
there's I, I don't I don't think I'm I hope I'm not pissing anyone off. I don't mean to be. So you think there's a parallel between I don't know. There's it's a complicated case. There's a lots of lot ins, of ins, lots of outs, lot. lots of what have you. But you're talking about the council when like th- they were deciding whether or not they should evacuate the planet. And you're talking about Superman the movie when they are deciding to evacuate the planet or not. I'm not talking about any of that. But oh, whatever. Oh, what are you talking about then? I'm talking about the actual Superman. Lives in Metropolis. Graphic novels? What's a graphic novel? You're talking about Clark Kent. Who? The reporter? Oh, boy. All right, so the next thing I have to talk about is a barely audible, quote-unquote, Shabbos? Yeah, did you hear that? I did. Did you hear it? Yeah, I did. I'm the one that wrote it in the fucking notes. That was a very high-pitched notes that you did there. It was. You fucked it up! (laughs) I don't think we're going to get away with that one. That was a shitty detour we went down. Nobody's going to forgive us. It's pretty bad, man! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the baddest worst ever. You know, we had about like a 10 episode run where we were fucking awesome. We anyway. were doing good. But, you know, you know we were doing ways. so good. So here it is a barely audible Shabbos. Yeah. It's in there. It's Shabbos. Right. It's in there, though. It really is. It really is. If you listen to it carefully, it's definitely put headphones on. You, you know, it's right in the beginning of this minute when um, Gotta listen close. Walter is challenging the dude, like, how does this add up to emergency? And he's like, I get it. He kept the money. But my point is, here we are. Right. It's Shabbos. The <laughs> Sabbath. And when he says, it's Shabbat, Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. He does say Shabbos. Shabbos. Can you please you stop saying dude, Shabbos just but it's for Barely once. audible. He's like, Shabbos? Shabbos? Because he's like Donnie. No, he's like, more I like have... Shabbos? Like, it's more like, you're bringing this shit up? Oh, you think that's what it... What it I is feel instead like that of was like the intonation. I mean, I'd have to listen to it again. Let me pull out. I have to pull out my MP3. But instead of like the dude being like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I've never heard this before." Because that's what Donnie was doing. It's like I've never heard this before. What the fuck is Shamus? You know, with an right. M, right? But the dude, What's you're Shamus saying the dude walking? is like Shabbos. Like you're pulling this up instead of being like oblivious to the whole fact. Because I think like kind of Walter is like. This is the first threat that they've had bowling wise is the Jesus rolling up in there because when he moved to North Hollywood, he had to go around and like there's this giant cock in his pants, had to introduce himself as a pederast. Now he's going up in there and Walter's like kind of flailing around trying to bring him down and get in his head and psychologically defeat him as much as he can. So I think like Walter hasn't. Like, not bold on either Erev or Shomer Shabbos until this point, because he's got a threat. What about that? Well, he, he still doesn't bowl on those days, does he? How do you know? Because he says, I told that fuck down at the lead, league office a thousand times. Wait, who's in charge of scheduling? Wouldn't he know who's in charge of scheduling? 
He can just pull the religion card out whenever he feels like it. Sure, but he gets he gets so so. The dude threatens him, saying, "I'm off the team unless you don't come pick me up." All right, but I, I I'm talking about like way before that. Right. Well, later on, we haven't gotten to it, but the implication, I believe, is that they changed the date. And the Jesus gets all fucking crazy about it. Like, what's right. this day of... Re- like, he's never experienced that. Like, wouldn't he know that Walter never bowls on a Friday night or a Saturday? He would know that. The Jesus is a new threat that has entered the bowling world. You're and saying Walter- he's new because he doesn't know that. That's because he doesn't know that. that new. And it's the first time, apparently, that in the dynamic between Walter and the Jesus that Walter has pulled this card out. Because, like, fuck, man, it's a round robin. Every team plays every other team. Round and round they go. That's why it's a round robin. Even if one team has already beat enough teams to move on, they still have to play all the other teams. Like, they know that. They know he's not going to play on Saturday. Okay. And your point is? My point is that Walter... Driving the dude to the titular Lebowski's house should not be an issue because I'm pretty sure that that motherfucker bowled on Shabbos for the last, like, however many fucking years they've been hanging out. Could be. And also, why... Which is all the more reason the dude is incredulous. And, yes. If that is correct. Which and I don't also, know if I necessarily buy it, I, but okay. Well, there you go. But also, why the fuck does the dude need to ask Walter to come pick him up? His car is still functional. The Nihilists have not burned it down, and I gotta give credit to our friend Gordon for this one. I remember reading this note, and we got to go back to these notes that he gave us. They're amazing notes, but I read this a couple years ago when he gave it to us, and he's like, why does the dude need a ride so bad? Like, he's got his car. The Nihilists haven't burned it down yet. You know, he hasn't said, like, well, they finally did it. They burned my fucking car, or they killed my fucking car. You know, he came back from the chief of police of Malibu's, mm-hmm. and like, well, he still has his car, but he's like, Walter, come pick me up. Maybe he needs the security of Subcheck security. He's got giant- If he's going to go confront the titular Lebowski, which if we want to get into it, what does he really, why does he want him to pick him up so he can just go yell at that guy? But Well, that, well, that means the dude is kind of a dick because like use your own car and pick walter up so he doesn't have to work you can just stand there well just stand there the but car instead, was he, largely trashed thanks to walter so walter does owe him largely trashed not trashed enough to drive I mean, it, it to doesn't the bowling have a alley. windshield it has no functioning it never gauges. stopped him from driving it around <laughs> The radio still works. Despite all that madness, the radio still works. It's the darndest thing. It's the darndest thing. 
<laughs> one mitten on. Oh, I'm glad you got it. Sometimes you redeem yourself. Sometimes. Brother. Every once in a while. Sometimes there's a man. I won't say a filmic man. <sighs> Although I'm the one that sent you, like, Riker with his nipple exposed. Yeah. No, that was classic. That is from the first season episode entitled Angel One. Yeah, I forgot why that. Now, granted, that I show will made say me uncomfortable. In the while that is completely looks completely ridiculous, the other in in the show universe that was considered somewhat ridiculous as well. Like the the women. Troy and Yar were down on the planet with him and they were laughing at his ridiculous outfit. What planet were they on? They were on the planet Angel One. Why are they fucking around? Aren't they, like, fucking with the Prime Directive? No. Well... Oh, the Prime Directive is, like, a distant memory for TNG? No, not at all. But... This planet was... This is a space-faring civilization. They have contact with them. It's fine. Okay. But they weren't necessarily interfering, and that, that was the whole deal, because there were Federation citizens on the planet. There was, I believe... <laughs> I don't know. They crashed or something like that on there, and they were trying to secure their release because they were being held on political grounds because this was a matriarchal society, and they were advocating these people were advocating equality between men and women let me say something to you i do not want to talk about matriarchal societies why does that make you feel uncomfortable uh well yeah but not for the reason you think it might oh i don't know what reason you think (laughs) it might make me uncomfortable you tell me why it might make me uncomfortable Uh, i have no idea why Ah. You just you just seem somewhat uncomfortable. I'm a little uncomfortable, okay? Fuck it. I'm a little uncomfortable by matriarchal societies. Okay. My mother's a matriarch. But not really. Yeah. Well maybe. Maybe. Well, maybe. So this is the driveway. I just want to point out, and this yeah. is it. You're you're talking about toward the end when they pull up? It's not even, it's barely halfway through. It's 9638. This is the driveway. And then that's when they really get into, like, the you're not really Jewish talk. Okay. This is the driveway. But I just want to point out, like... Oh, this is the driveway. He says this is the driveway. This is the driveway. He says that. That's how we know it's the driveway. Because he literally he says turns, that. And then the lights all change, too. There's no longer all these lights behind them. They sort all of change. All these random lights. They sort of change, but not in concert with the turning of the wheel. I mean, if you look at it, it's like he's turning it, like, aggressively. And there's the lights just, like... And now there's a car on, like, a 45-degree angle behind him. It's some sort of, like, alien like superconductor car but the superconductors are only on the driver's side and it's tilting up at a 45 degree angle and like shooting at him you're 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 referring to the fact why is the character of Walter illuminated at all no i'm referring to 
look out the back windows of his van as he's aggressively turning the wheel to his mm-hmm. right, our left. Yeah. Yes. As you do that, he turns it. Look at the lights in the rear window. Now turn really quick at 9638. Turn quick. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Nothing moves. Yeah, okay. Brad, all I'm saying is, listen. I mean, I can only hear the audio, but I can kind of hear what you're talking about. The next time through, you'll see it and you'll understand. All I'm I'm saying is, I'm with you. The audio can belie a certain, like, visual anomaly. I think that the human brain is more susceptible to audio than video. Like, the visual takes a back seat to the audio. Your ears are stronger than your eyes. That's what I'm saying. When you have these Could little be. transitions that, like, poop, flop over, like, things that, if you looked at it with the audio turned off, would just seem ridiculous. It just smooths it out. And I think if you had no audio and you, like, tried to put one image against another image, it would fucking suck. Yes. You seemed hesitant. I just had to kind of process it all, but no, you're completely right. That audio continuity, that's what glues it all together. It does. If you try to watch something without the audio... It's the worst thing ever. It's just a a bunch of random images, and you cannot quite... I mean, certain things kind of pass. Like, okay, it's a conversation, and you're like cutting between the two people. You can kind of follow it, but like everything else, it's just jarring and bizarre. Um, you know, especially in animation. That's uh, where I really noticed this. I haven't watched a lot of animation. Like, please if you describe. Watch, like, if, like, if you watch Scooby Doo with no sound. <laughs> You realize nothing on the screen is actually moving. You know, we talked about Scooby-Doo recently. Uh, we did, but we didn't talk about this stuff about Not Scooby-Doo. Not this stuff about... So I mean, we talked right. about it, but I let's, think it was maybe like a, almost two years ago when we talked about this last No, it was podcast. like one or two episodes ago. Well, when we talked about Scooby-Doo, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not when we talked about this. <laughs> okay, part go. Of Scooby-Doo. Please continue. Well, no, no. They just watch Scooby Doo with the sound down, and like you realize it's a horror. I mean, you may have program. realized intellectually, but you truly just realize like nothing actually moves. It's just mostly a still shot, and then one little part of it will move here and there, and that, that's it. That's fucking interesting, man. Like if so, Fred is talking, and it's just more or less Fred. A static drawing of Fred and his lips will go move, 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 move. Like that's it. Or then, then it maybe like, it's a two shot and it's Fred and Shaggy talking and there's like no movement. Fred is it, just like his lips move and then Shaggy's arm will move. That's and what then I was going to say. Back. Fred's arm comes up. And then yeah. Shaggy's and you can, like, well, and, and there you can always tilts back. Yeah. You can always tell what's going to move because like. Shaggy's arm is like the color just doesn't quite match the rest of the scene. You're like, okay, that's like a different cell. And and it may not be moving now, but you know it's going to move at some time before the shot is done. And then, yep, moves, moves back. It's fucking fascinating, man. But you know, oh, yeah, what? it even works for uh, 
for film. And a big thing they did a lot is also you can always have things happen outside the frame, too, and just hear them. And it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, car squeals off the frame, you know, squeals through the frame off, and then you hear the smash. You don't have to actually, like, wreck the car. Doesn't really matter. I got two things like to say about that. Like in those Fast and Furious movies? Well, shit. You almost never actually see the car. You just hear it. Sound is a very brutal player in this theater, man. I'm telling you. And you have said it better than I could have ever. But here's the weird thing is like, they're pulling a similar trick with the visuals out the back door of the van. Like, sure. Like where the audio, there is no business for the audio to be like, ah, screeching in and like, like making your heart like race a little bit. They're doing that in outside the back of the back door of the van there out the window the two headlights of a car literally go up on a 45 degree angle but it's uh, just two fixtures on a sound stage there's no real world scenario that mimics what we're seeing when you're hearing those like crashes and metal like slamming into each other like we do have a context for that mhm I mean, I'm just, maybe I'm speaking from personal experience, but we've all, all heard, like, cars crash into one another at some point or another. Yeah, that's probably true. But I've never seen, like, a car, like, go up on a 45-degree angle, and, like, and, like, why would it? There's not even a sound, like, motivating this. Like, what is it doing back there? It's just, like, people... Production assistants ramming the lights around in different ways. It seems a little weird. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah? I just don't understand. I've been trying to figure out how these lights move at a 45 degree angle. I just don't see it. I see the lights dim. Mm -mm, mm -mm. The white lights, Brad. The white Two white lights in the left window. Like the dude's side. Out the back of the van. That's what you're talking about. Oh, I am. And then as he turns the wheel, well, first, like, kind of nothing happens, and then they just kind of, like, go out. Right. Rewind, though. Rewind. Look at the red lights, the street lights, the brake lights. So you're not talking about when he turns. I am talking about when he turns, because nothing happens when he turns. But I'm Yeah, nothing about- happens, including right. there's no 45-degree angle. There's a 45-degree angle, but it's not tied into when he turned. If it was tied into when he turned, like, maybe that could have been cool. Like, holy shit, look how awesome we are. We had two guys back there holding giant lights, and somebody's, like, yelling out, like, Three, two, what turn? And, like, one went down and one went up. That would have been fucking awesome, but they don't do that. He's just turning... And none of the lights are changing at all. There's no parallax. They're just back there. Fine. It doesn't matter. I'm only saying it matters now because we're examining it. The whole point is like, 
figuring out what matters and what doesn't matter because apparently Joel and Ethan are the gods of movie making. I'm going to write this down. You're living in the fucking past. Because I want to keep that nice pause there where you were trying to think of something to say. I'm writing it down. 4809. We're going to keep that pause. 4809. Well, maybe I am, but 3,000 years... Moses to Sandy Koufax, you're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. I, oh, and also, uh, Aviva Conundrum. Aviva Conundrum? Is that a question? Yeah, I'm j- I, okay, what is the Aviva Conundrum? I, I love a good conundrum. Lay it on me. Do you know? Yeah. There was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation entitled Conundrum. It's pretty good. It was a pretty good conundrum that they all faced. All right. Well, if you can wait for me to like sit through this and figure out what that actually meant, then sure, <laughs> I'll figure it out. But you have a couple more things to talk about, don't you? Oh, hell no, really. I mean, Sandy Koufax uh, was the baseball player. We can talk about that. Who, not that I know much about sports or anything, although... Well, this is the second baseball reference. What was the, what was the first one? Uh, the dude's baseball shirt, Sadaharu O? Or was it the oh, other right, one? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it Sadaharu O? Or was it the other guy? Well, I don't remember his name. Well, I yeah, kept, it was the Japanese... I kept referencing... Fig tree guy. The wrong... Uh, King of the like power home run, but I think it was Sadaharo O, right? That sound right? Oh shit! That sounds right. That sounds right. Do you want to talk about a second bag toss? It wasn't there a. So I'm confused. Do I want to go back to Koufax for a second? Sandy yeah, Koufax. I'm not. I'm just gonna make a fucking. It's not Honus Wagner, but I'm you gonna know, make a fool of myself. That was myself. a Jewish baseball player i haven't looked any of this up so you know fuck me if i'm wrong i will welcome all the ridicule but that was a jewish baseball player possibly the first no i'm not gonna say that but i know it's a very valuable baseball card sandy koufax he was a pitcher i'm getting all of it wrong i don't give a shit i'm doing my best i've heard the name um, yeah. Look it up. God damn it. Sandy Koufax. Fuck. And Walter also references Tevia. What does he say? Well, that's from Fiddler on the Roof, right? Right. Fiddler on the Roof, which actually I didn't realize because I, I, I looked it up just to see what I can find on 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 Tevia. And um. I think Sandy Koufax is still alive. He was born December 30th, 1935, age 75, Brooklyn, New York. Holy fuck. He's still alive, Brad. Shit. How how old would he be now, then? He is 79. Brad, we've still got some years ahead of us. If we can just hold on a little bit. We're We're lucky. lucky. Jesus, Sandy Koufax... From Moses to San... So Sandy Koufax is who he chose to represent modern times? Why? If only there was some sort of baseball person who could 
regale us with stories of baseball epicness. Damn it. Trust me, he's not. Maybe I should go see if the door's locked. I'm pretty sure he's not going to come in here. I hear something at the front door. No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay, go ahead. All right. Sorry. No, okay. I had a little scare there. So, all right. What was the Viva conundrum? Um, well, I got sidetracked with Sandy Koufax. We're out of our fucking element, man. <laughs> We're out of our element. A Viva conundrum? Why do I write these things? Well, it's Viva Las Vegas is in the car. But I, I, oh, no, and, that's and what it is. Like, it's still fucking playing. Well, I thought about that, too. No, but it happened, I mean, like, within milliseconds of this minute ending. Right. But, and it's still playing, and again, it's an audio cue to the uh, audience, right, to understand what car this is, because you right. may not fully r- realize what it is. Because it's the first time you've ever seen it, like, ten minutes ago, or whenever the fuck ever, Yeah, and Bunny is driving the car down the street, we talked a shit ton about this, driving around curves and cars not being mm-hmm. there and being there. Yeah, and so Viva Las Vegas is playing in the car when she's driving when the dude gets kicked out of the cab. Right. He's standing there on the side of the road, and boom, she blasts by Viva Las Vegas. We tilt down. She's got all ten toes. Yes. That is correct, sir. Well, uh, you know, so there's two things here. One, it's done there, just as I mentioned, as an audio cue just to help the audience follow what's happening. If we need to come up with a real reason why this is happening, I mean, the the tape, it just goes on repeat. Maybe it's a CD. I don't know. Were there cars with CD hours. players in 1991? If there was such a thing, she might have one. There was but, such a thing, but... Really? For like 24 hours, it would just be out there, and Brant is still picking up her undies and shit inside? It's not. Why, why do you say it's 24 hours? It's the same night. The dude has had time to have intercourse. Yes. With Maud. Yes. Well, actually, ostensibly walk home from wherever the fuck he was. Right. He Beverly somehow Hills, gets home. Down to... Jesus, I forget the name. I just looked this up, too, but, like, you know, it was a little bungalow area. Trip over the thing, have intercourse with Maud, hang out for a while, call Walter, have Walter come over, drive all the way fuck up to Beverly Hills, and then the car is still yeah. there going blah, 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 go into the house, not blah, 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 viva Las Vegas, same shit's playing. Come into the house, and it's as if she has just arrived, because Brant is, like, picking up her underwear and her clothes, and she's trancing around outside. Well, she's out trancing around. She could have been trancing around for a while. It may have taken her a while to take her clothes off. Uh, maybe Brant was asleep in his servant's quarters, in his servant's house, and he wasn't quite roused until now. Until, like, four hours later. Four to... 20 hours later? Well, it was no way. It was not 20 hours later. A day Brad, does not you're pass. you're full of shit. We follow the dude the it's whole hours, time. Man. Hours, maybe. Not 20. It's not the next day. 
And the sun never goes up and back down again. He doesn't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's not buying shoes. He's not buying a fucking beer. I'm just saying, like, you are making excuses for this timeline, but you've been making... No, hey, take it easy. You've been making excuses for this Hmm. timeline for the last, like, six days. And possibly, like, three weeks. Oh, no, there's always a different explanation. And fine, maybe there is, but they don't explain it. Maybe it doesn't matter. And it also, doesn't matter. it shouldn't be fucking 1991 when H. Bush is invading Iraq. So we got to go back to that, which was like episode six. So we have to then assume like this is the presumption that this entire thing is predicated on. H. Bush, they were just replaying that. Like, right, if it what, was September. What, fucking nine months later, you know? I just think, like, they made this movie in 1997. It was released in 98. But making it in 1997, you know, anywhere from, like, seven, six to seven years later, like, the details get blurry, man. And I'm not trying to be an asshole. I don't really give a shit. I love the movie, right? I'm just saying the details get blurry, and it doesn't matter. No, this movie is not about details of all movies. It isn't. It isn't. But they do make it a point to, like, have everybody in the movie, like, start, like, spitting back, sparroting, if you will, words from the past. So it's a movie about the past. It's a period piece, Brad. So this is part... It's a part of their thing. It's a part of their ethos, if you will. You know, we all... You may be done with the past, Brad, but the past ain't done with you. And I feel like PTA Mm. was sucking up to what the Coens were doing, but more subtly. So what, what does this have to do with her car, exactly? I lost something somewhere. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. That's fine. I understand. What it has to do with her car is when that Eagles-loving fan kicked the dude out of his taxi cab. Yes. Bunny drove by with Viva Las Vegas playing blaring out of her stereo. Yes. Now, she didn't have an iPod or an iPhone to put it on repeat. Right. She had, at best, in 1991, a tape deck. Okay. Okay. So, there the dude is, middle of the night, getting kicked out of the, like, Jackie Treehorn's beach party, going to Chief of Police of Malibu's headquarters, getting beat in the head with a coffee mug. Theoretically, the Chief of Police got him a cab, because this is something he has to deal with once in a while, send you home... It's still pitch black. Gets kicked out. Bunny drives by. Viva Las Vegas! We see her toe. Oh, you've got all ten toes. Viva Las Vegas! She's really into the song. She's blaring it pathetically and shittily at the top of her lungs, singing along to the song. And then, like, I mean, even movie time, 
and generally like real time is longer than movie time, mm-hmm. but even movie time is like what? Ten minutes, maybe? Maybe ten fucking minutes? Yeah. And yeah, it's hours later. Hours later. And then there's the car when they pull up. Viva Las Vegas. And it's just the a convention. Tape, there's like tape decks when it gets to the end that automatically like switches sides and plays. That's great. We're supposed to assume another glorious, just magical time that, oh, look at this. We pull up and it's playing that. Oh, yes, how magical. because if that didn't happen, there'd be no movie. It's a convention. It's not about echoing reality. It's about telling a story. I know that. I know that. What I'm saying is it's about conventions. There are conventions that you use. So even though, as audience, we understand that hours have passed, it's okay that all of a sudden we pull up, we see that same red car, and we know we're going to the titular Lebowski's house, and we hear, Viva Las Vegas. That makes a connection Mm -hmm. in our little brains, and that makes the story better. I'm sorry it took so long, but, like, that's okay. Yeah. It makes the story better. Even though, like, it's six hours later, there's no way they pull up there and that song is still playing. But it's just a convention. It's an audio convention that spans time. Like, Buffalo 66 spans time. Mm -hmm. We're spanning time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's say that song is five minutes long and it's a 60 minute cassette that would give you a little over an eight percent chance that that same song would be playing assuming this tape just plays on repeat you have to factor in that brant is already picking up her clothes so she has immediately entered the home the mansion also The titular Lebowski is already in the West Wing again with lights on full. I'm just saying, like, there's there's a little uh, buffer there. Like, if she came in unannounced and was wandering around taking Mm -hmm. her clothes off, Mm -hmm. that, like, gives you a little buffer. Well, I don't think there's any reason to say she had just gotten there. Brant is picking up her clothes, and she's, like, right behind him. She may have just taken off her clothes. She's obviously still uh, dealing with something. Okay. All right. Some sort of trip. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, Excuse me. I, I know you're always playing devil's advocate, but okay, I can get behind it. So for six hours, they were like... Well, fuck it. There's a car out there fucking our faucets up because you can see the one faucet's like shooting up into the car and shooting off at a weird angle. And they're like, nah, it's cool. Maybe she stopped for some lingonberry pancakes along the way. She just got there. Like, think of all the shit that happened to the dude. We don't know what she did, right? Brad, Brad, just stop. How does Bunny owe Jackie Treehorn? Five hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of lingonberry pancakes. How many lingonberry pancakes is that? It's not five hundred thousand lingonberry pancakes because they're probably like what two dollars, two fifty each. 
No. Especially not in uh, 1991. They're probably a buck each, I would give it. Just let's be safe. Two dollars each. All right. So that's a quarter mil. That's a lot of lingonberry pancakes, man. What does she owe him that much fucking money for? Drugs, dude. What drugs? How? Sh- how? She's, she's on like, some fucking drugs, dude. How old is she right now? Like twenty <laughs> one. How, how could you like smoke or? She obviously lives a life of affluence, right? Like, I don't even know how you do these drugs that cost like half a million dollars. How do you even put them into your body to spend? There are special 500, ways. How? What ways? There are special. Well, I don't know because I'm not in that class. I don't have that kind of money. But, you know, you had like, remember, this was a while back, but you had like the... uh you know, during the financial crisis, there was a lot of stories of the like insane, gaudy, rich things, right? And these people that have, like, lost John their Gotti money, or, or, or their, or like these, you know. Wait, Brad, are you talking about John Gotti? Gaudy rich? You said? No. Oh, oh gaudy rich. Gaudies. Okay. Yes. Okay. Not John Gaudy. No, 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 no. Okay, let's not talk about that fella. He's dead though, but that's. But there was, there was the. I remember the one thing they held out was the. uh, There was a dog umbrella. Dog umbrella. Yeah, it was an umbrella for a dog, and it was a thirty-eight thousand dollars. Listen, hey, this guy had a thirty-eight thousand dollar umbrella for his dog. So there's ways you can fucking spend this money. Oh, I know there are ways, dude. I get it. You don't want to know about them, but I get it. But I have seen Brewster's Millions, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, um, here's 30 million. No, no, here's 1 million. You can just have it. Here's 1 million dollars. Or here's... $30 $30 million, but you have to spend all of the $30 million within 30 days and have nothing to show for it. And if you do successfully, you will get $300 million. If you don't, you'll get nothing. Do you remember this movie? Yes. I do what, remember What's this it? Movie. Richard Pryor and, like, Gene Wilder or some John shit? Candy. John Candy. Jesus. That movie has really stuck with me because it is kind of hard to spend money without having anything to show for it. Yeah. Well, she has some stuff to show for it. Who? Bunny. Bunny? Like what? And she has that car. She lives in a funkin'. Well, the mansion, I guess, isn't hers technically. That's her stepmother's or step grandmother's, maybe. Yeah, we don't know necessarily what. who, wait, who is the titular Lebowski's ex-wife to her? Nothing to Bunny, right? Right. Wait, nothing? Really? There is no relationship there? So Bunny has a relationship to Maud, technically her stepmother. Maud is the daughter of the titular Lebowski's ex-wife, but Bunny and Maud are not related. And Bunny and the titular Lebowski's wife are not, ex-wife are not related. Right. Wow. Well. Did you know Brewster's Millions was based on a 1902 novel of the same name? 
And it was the seventh film based on the story. Name me the fifth film. It was entitled Brewster's Millions. It came out in 1945. Were they all called Brewster's Millions? I'm just joking. Millions? I'm just basing that up. I'm just kind of guessing that. I do know there was a movie in 1945 called Brewster's Millions. All the stories have already been told, Brad. It's just how you tell them. Yep. The a film was banned in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> it was bared there? Banned. Oh, banned. The 1945. Like, it was there in all of its vices. We'll just show you our film. No, no was, they couldn't was, show any of their vices. It was banned well, because the character of an African-American servant was treated too well. Well, Brad, we are a giant nation of assholes. Let's face it. Hell yeah. Everybody's a fuck. This is what a wiser man than myself once said. His name is Stephen, but I will not say his last name, but he said, everybody's a fuck, and he was right. Including myself, including you, Bradley, everybody's a fuck. So you asked what the fifth movie was, was that correct? That's correct. The fifth movie was indeed, because I have now found the table on Wikipedia, (laughs) was indeed the 1945 Brewster's Millions. Wikipedia is never wrong. The the movie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna list the movies, right? So the original one was actually done in nineteen fourteen. It was directed by Cecil B. DeMille and Oscar Apfel. Cecil B. DeMille, really? How this is considered a wait, lost for, film. Wait, wait in forty five? No, fourteen. We're oh, going through Jesus. all of them. Now. I was like, Jesus, what was he, ninety eight? Fuck. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but it's lost. That's fucking crazy. Well, kind of like, but yeah, Star Trek: The Cage or whatever the fuck was lost. Yeah, it was lost. No, Nothing's was... ever actually lost. Well, you never know. Yeah, somewhere... they might find... it's like Samurai Cop thought it was lost and they found it's it. It's always the last place you look for it. So, you know? 1914 Brewster's Millions. Then there was a 1921 Brewster's Millions. Then in 1926 they had Miss Brewster's Millions. Then 1935, Brewster's Millions. This was the United Kingdom version, where Brewster has to spend 500,000 pounds sterling in 60 days to inherit 6 million pounds. Then there's Brewster's Millions in 1945. That was um, the one we just discussed that got banned. This was a, seems like it was another American version. 1954... Uh, this one was called Vedante Dabu. And this was a Telugu movie. I love those Telugu movies. Uh, which I guess that's uh, Indian. It's some something to do with India. Anyway, then 1961, they did uh, Three on a Spree. Which the screenplay was actually by Sid Herzig, who also did the 1945 version. So he kind of did. So Sid Herzig wrote the movie in 1945. Then in 1961, uh, 16 years later, he was just kind of like, I want to write the same movie again, readapt it. 1980, then the next was the 1985 Brewster's Millions, which we know uh, pretty well. 
that's the Richard Pryor version. His last movie was Last Highway. Indeed. And there was two more. Directed by David Lynch. Two more adaptations of Brewster's Millions. In 1988, there was Malamal, which is a Hindi language version. The plot remains the same. Spend 30 million rupees in 30 days or less to earn 300 million rupees. It's an obvious scene-by-scene Indianization of the 1985 Richard Pryor film. Indianization? That's what it says. Like, quote-unquote, Indianization. So I guess that was, Richard, a ha- that was a, a, a phenomenon, I guess. The Richard Pryor film was like an Americanization of all the other films that came before it? Really? Well, the Richard Pryor film had its own screenplay. This, I guess this point was... They didn't even write their own screenplay or even have their own. Like, they just copied it, in essence, scene by scene, the Richard Pryor version. Do you know what I do when you start to tell me these things? <laughs> what, what's that? Well, well, I look at, I have this, I think you have the same microphone, and it has this, like, mesh on the front of it. Yes. But it's in front of my laptop, so I can kind of see light behind it. Okay. And I have these little patterns because I have a mesh pattern in front of me and then the, you know, the little, like, aluminum, it's not aluminum, iron that actually goes back and forth and records voice and then there's a mesh in back of that. So I have like two layers of mesh. Right, yeah. So I kind of look through it. And look at the light of my laptop screen, and then I just listen to your waves of noise crash over me. So keep going. Okay, good. No, it's good to know. Um, the so the final film, the the final film on this list, at least, is another Indian film. This is an Indian Tamil film. What when you say Tamil, what do you mean? Um, is it a fractal film? No. Tamil. I hope is it I'm a saying it right. Tamil. Is Tamil. it Bollywood? It's um, it's not Bollywood, but it's um, you know, it's an it's a Indian. Well, it's a, it's a language, I guess, that you find in India, hmm. Sri Lanka, but also some other places, also Singapore, Burma. Hmm. Belongs well, to the Tamil people. Myanmar, right? Uh, pro. I don't know. It's Myanmar now. Don't say Burma. That's insulting to them. Oh, really? I think so. I might have it reversed, but I think you call them Myanmar, not Burma. It's weird. Well, in Wikipedia, they call it Burma, but it says it's officially the Republic of the Union of Myanmar and commonly shortened to Myanmar. Burma is kind of insulting to them. Really? Yes. They're Myanmar now. All right. You know, it's always Burmese. You know, when the floods were always happening, it's always like, Burma is underwater again. You know, I'm talking like late 80s and shit. It's like, no, they're Myanmar. All right. I'm sorry. I know random things. No, okay. Yeah, it's all good. Well, what I will say about this Brewster's Millions, so this last one was called... Let's keep talking about Brewster's Millions. (laughs) Well... (laughs) So in addition to all these movies, there was also a... I can't wait to keep talking about it. <laughs> there was also a TV adaptation. Oh, God. There was an episode of um, <laughs> Punky Brewster <laughs> called Punky's Millions. 
Punky Brewster's millions? Um, well, you know, that's a funny thing that they didn't uh, They didn't do to. that? Are you shitting me? It's just they didn't Punky, do Punky Brewster. Brewster's millions? However, I okay, so no, I need to be you. a You're little more clear here. This is not Punky Brewster, the like show Natalie you may Portman be familiar you know, with who was hot even at that age. Natalie Portman was hot. This is it's Punky Brewster. Zmillions. Which was an animated spin-off oh. of Punky Brewster. Alright. Well, However, so, but if we go back in time, because this is a 1904 novel. <laughs> if we go back in time, actually, though, there's an 1893 short story with a very similar premise written by Mark Twain, entitled The Million Pound Banknote. Oh, you know what? I love the million pound banknote. We have yeah, some I'm, of those in this country. We have, well, not some of them. We have. Oh, you mean the actual note? Yes. Not the story. One of those. I don't know where it is anymore. That's a good, like, device for a film, you know? Yeah. And and so the one million pound banknote don't had you multiple me. You're film and TV me. adaptations. Come on. There was a 1916 Hungarian silent film, The One Million Pound Banknote. Well, the Hungarians will do anything. Yeah. There was an American TV adaptation. It was the 18th episode of Your Showtime. It aired on NBC on May 20th, 1949. NBC is also full of shit, so... There was also the 1954 film, The Million Pound Banknote, which was based on that short story. It starred Gregory Peck. Well, fucking Gregory Peck, man. That's there was the 1968 the BBC TV adaptation. BBC, come on. Until the early to mid to late 90s, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, there was the 1994 comedy A Million to One, starring Paul Rodriguez. Well, we're not racist around here, so... The 1983 comedy film Trading Places features elements... From both oh. this short story and Twain's novel, The Prince and the Pauper. Now you listen to me. I sent you some details about this movie, Trading Places. And they talked about orange juice futures and pork futures. Yeah. And it was economically sound. The plot was economically sound. That movie, don't you disgrace that movie. I don't. I don't disgrace that I movie. I had no idea bit. that movie was so accurate. It's very accurate. It was. Even economists. Economists? Ec- econ- economists? Ec- Who is somebody that studies economics? An economist. Economist. Yes, that's it right there. Economist. Even the economists like that movie. Oh, that's like one of their favorites, I bet. Yeah. It's the time the economists get to shine. The who? The economists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they was like, this is how they do it. Yeah. Yeah, they get to shine. There's Jamie Lee Curtis topless. Big deal for them. Is Jamie Lee Curtis topless in that movie? Yeah. Is she an ecotoplist? Fuck. She's always, like, dancing around with her body. Even in 92? 92? That was the, that Arnold Schwarzenegger deal. Or was that 94? That was a good movie. No, it was good. Wasn't that Jimmy Cameron? 
That was Jimmy Cameron. True Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that 94? No, it was before 94. Was it? Well, I guess I don't really know. I do know that... Oh, it was 94. Yep. You don't think it's 94? I got... You know, whenever Jimmy Lee Curtis is in her brassiere and panties prior to 99, I have a good idea of when that was. So... All right, I got one more thing. It's uh, not about Jamie Lee Curtis being a uh, hermaphrodite. Shit, is she hermaphrodite? That's a. I don't think she is. I think that's just a like would, an urban legend or something. Why would you say that? It's something you hear, apparently. Who hears it? You do? Anybody it's else? Just one that people discuss it. I think it's like a famous kind of urban legend. Anybody besides you, or only? I think you? a lot of people do. It's just a rumor. So other people than you have said this? Yes. As a matter of fact, this is the first time I've ever actually sent, said it, but I've heard it. But I think... So you've heard it. What's it based on? Um, this it's means based, that It's just she one of has, these rumors, right? It's one of these things that's out there. She has both genitals. She has a penis and a vagina. Well, I think in reality, God it's probably it. something like she about? was born really in some sort of now. intersexual state or something. <laughs> Is, but who are her parents? Can we contact them? Well, that's just it. It's like a private matter. They're not going to speak out. Well, her her dad is Tony Curtis, isn't it? Who's Tony Curtis? He's uh, is he a singer? Is he a carpenter? <laughs> no, he's a famous actor. Is he God? He's, he's a, a famous, famous actor. actor Tony from Curtis, the Golden Age. God damn it! I have to. Look Wasn't up. he in uh, Tony Curtis now? Yeah. From the golden age? What, the 40s? Well, he was in, like, Some Like It Hot. He was in... I mean, he's in tons of shit. He's from the, like, 50s. 40s, 50s. I'm gonna be honest with you. I hate those fucking movies. The studio system was the worst. And it's kind of like monkeys typing? Sure. (laughs) There's, like, 2% of those movies that were okay... But the vast majority, terrible. It even bled into the 60s, man. Oh, yeah, no, it definitely did. Well, Some Like It Hot is 1959. I would not have thought that movie was that late. Yeah, I thought it was 55. It's like practically the 60s at that point. But Jesus, so terrible. But, I mean, if you look at, uh, yeah, I'm looking at his filmography is just massive. Like, on Wikipedia, it doesn't even bother making it, like, a chart, because I think it's just too big. It's just a giant three-column unordered list that just scrolls forever. He was in uh, Tara's Bulba in 1962. I would like to point that out, though. All right, we got to end this. What was your last thing you had? Curtis? Tony Curtis? No. No, fuck. My recorder's falling over. I had, uh, you know... Fuck, man. Like, the first real movie you had was probably 1968. Like, 2001, A Space Odyssey, was probably the first, like, real fucking movie you had, but... uh, A guy I respect a lot... Linked to William Friedkin, and he did his top ten Criterion collection. William Friedkin is Exorcist, French Connection, this mm-hmm. guy. But he's like, oh, here's like 
12 Dutch movies, a couple Japanese movies, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, none of them were released before 1972. But how could you not think that... Okay, imagine if you and I were living in 1968, Brad. Mm -hmm. Easy Rider hadn't even come out yet, you know? What was it, the... um, what was that very violent movie that starred like who the fuck was it starring as a Mexican, you know? Uh was it um West Side Story who Marlon Brando starring as a Mexican in like you, 19... Are you thinking of of uh, Charlton Heston as a Mexican sorry, and sorry. Touch of yes. Evil? Touch of Evil, yes, right. And what year was that? Like 64, 65? Six, maybe sixty-six. That was nineteen fifty-eight, actually. Fifty. Well, okay. Well, okay. That was very aggressive for that year. Yeah. Well, you know, what's his name? Orson Welles. He's an aggr- He was an aggressive dude. Yeah, in the forties, he was maybe. I'm just saying, the most amazing, like space-based movie, up until. Either 1979 or 1986 was 2001. Okay. And that is, like, taking into account Blade Runner and saying, nope, goodbye, because it doesn't really happen in space. Sure. 68, best space movie of all time. We go past Star Wars. We go past Alien. The next thing we get to is Aliens in 86. But, like, that's almost 20 years of innovation. So you're saying Aliens may have, could have dethroned 2001? Possibly. I know it's an action movie. Wow. But Jimmy was in charge, man. He doesn't do shit. What's the problem there? I don't know. Alien but is a it, horror movie, not a sci-fi movie. It's a horror movie. So you're so you're not counting Alien, and you're uh, and you're not counting Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars! No, fuck that. I don't get me wrong. I would rather watch that all the time, but it's not a better space movie. But Alien, Alien. Why is that a better space movie? Because it happens. Primarily in outer space, and that's a gigantic plot point. It's about space in many ways. I don't know. It's better, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, I'm full of shit. Whatever. Fuck it. I like it better. How about that? All right. No, I I won't argue that. You like what you like. Because I'd rather watch an action movie than a horror movie. In that respect... 2001 is better than any of those movies. Until probably Gravity. If you. When was the last time you watched Apollo 13, Brad? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I watched it like. 1999, probably. Or 98. Like within a year of it coming out. Yeah. Okay, so that came out 30 years after 2001. I just watched that movie like a month ago. Apollo 13 or 2001? Apollo 13. God damn it, that movie was shitty. (laughs) Like, horrible. 
It's very much a product of its time. Well, d- why would you say that? I mean, the, the technology had advanced so much. Like, well, we- so you're just saying it's shitty, like technically. It's shitty technically. The story is worse. All of it. There's I mean, nothing I, better about that movie, even though Tom Hanks is in it. And I love Tom Hanks. How can you not love Tom Hanks? I love the man. But that's a shitty... It was good at the time. It is shitty now. You can watch 2001 right now and be blown the fuck away by it. No, that's true. That is very fucking true. And Apollo 13 is like, oh, I'm... Like, because... It was on, it was on HBO or some shit. I was like surfing through and my daughter's there. Her name is Jules. You might know her. I'm like, oh my God, this movie's awesome. I haven't seen this in a long time. This movie's great. And I put it on. It was towards the beginning. And we're just watching it like, oh, Jesus. This. Okay, no, 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 it's good though. It's good. And it just kind of sucked. It just kind of sucked, man. We could put 2001 on. It would not suck. She might not be interested because right. she wouldn't get it. might get test it. her patience. Right. But it wouldn't suck. It'd be like, holy fuck. Might not be able to watch it, but it wouldn't suck. Be like, I don't get it. But this is like, that looks actually worse than video games that I play. So maybe it relied too much on special effects that were cutting edge at the time, but then how the fuck does Kubrick do it in 1968, maybe 67, because he was probably shooting it a year before he released it. Jesus, man. Attention to detail. Fuck. He's a fucking crazy guy. But did any of those ships in his... How many ships were in Kubrick's movie? Was there was just one, right? The one that had the little round, like. Well, there was like the one going to Jupiter, but then there was, you know, the one, um, you know, docking up in the. Well, I thought that's the one that went on. No. No, no, because there's there's the you know think about it, um, you know, it's almost like a passenger plane going up to the space station and onto the moon or whatever. They transfer? Uh, yeah, I don't remember how they get, but like, because there's the shot of the bone in the air, and then it cuts to like some kind of orbital nuclear destruction platform. And then there's the spaceship. Yeah, there's the it one was that's kind of like, like there was like a Pan Am space flight or something, right? It was like had, it was like a space match. version of a passenger. Right, and they had to match orbital, like orbital rotation. Right, the rotation. Well, the the space the space station rotates to use the centrifugal force to like simulate gravity. Of course. And so then, then the, the ship had to match that had to rotation, match that. right? But then you're saying like that linked up, and then they took some other ship. Well, they out somehow farther? ended up on the later scenes. They're on the moon. I don't remember exactly well, how they, they had to go to the moon because there. they discovered the obelisk on the moon. So that's right. two obelisks now. Right. And then there's a signal from in the area of, in the vicinity of Jupiter. But what I'm wondering is when that like Earth to space station ship is there matching rotational velocity, is there anybody sitting on the poop deck? 
next time on Gutterball. Where's the fucking money, Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs>